and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in each of these podcasts, we're going to be talking to leaders in the area of enterprise architecture and specifically discussing how EA teams can and do deliver value outcomes to their organizations in order to align execution to strategy, optimize operations, or reduce risk. In these current difficult times, we'll be talking specifically in the regards to the role enterprise architecture plays in helping organizations adapt and respond to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Today, I'll be interviewing Kirk Keller. Kirk is Director of Enterprise Strategy and Architecture at the University of Missouri here in the United States. So let's go to that interview. Kirk, thank you very much for joining us today. I think it might be good for our listeners if you began just by introducing yourself and the university. Sure. Uh, University of Missouri is located in the United States. Uh, We're composed of four universities. Uh, Our largest campus is located in Columbia, but we have another campus in Kansas City, another one in St. Louis, another one in Rolla. Uh, In 2017, we had about 72,000 students enrolled. Over our system, we have just a little shy of 6,000 faculty and 1,700 staff. And uh, we have probably about 800 uh, staff that are employed somehow in IT. Uh, we're a land-grant institution, so that means that we have a responsibility to uh, citizens of Missouri as well as the students that come to our college. Um, and... Um, we uh, are probably best known for our school of journalism, although we, we are known for several other things too, but that seems to be what a lot of people know us for. That's great. And as you and I have taught before, you know, some of our listeners might have tuned into this thinking, well, it's a university and we're an enterprise and there's uh, not much similarity. And we've taught before, actually, you just remove the word university, you look very much like an enterprise. You have customers, you have a service catalog, you have SLAs, you have all the things that a, an enterprise might have. It, it just so happens you're in the business of uh, higher education. Right. Uh, we might not be uh, viewed as being a uh, for-profit business. Uh, we'd probably be more categorized as a nonprofit business. But I've seen a number of people make the argument that in some ways, uh, nonprofit business are kind of the general structure and for-profit is it gets into more of the detail. In other words, nonprofits have to deal with everything that for-profits have to deal with. We have customers, we have to provide services, we have to make sure that we're supporting the business. So it's a lot of things to be learned, I think, from all sorts of different industries uh, when we look at specifically the university uh, that you're associated with. So let's get on to the matter of hand and um, begin by asking, uh, how, how has the pandemic affected your organization and uh, what you've been asked to do. Right. It's had a pretty significant effect. Uh, Higher education, typically, when you go to a higher education institution, you're going there in part for the cultural experience. You go into a classroom, the faculty engages with you uh, one-on-one. You're involved in labs. And in the last two weeks, we have transitioned completely to an online service. At this point in time, there's nothing that the university system does that does not depend on IT. Every interaction that faculty has with students, every class, every piece of homework that is turned in goes through some type of an IT service that we maintain. 
So we've essentially become an online university in the space of about two weeks. And your campuses, they're completely empty now? They are completely empty. In fact, uh, I know that at least our main campus uh, actually has a ban uh, from non-essential people being on campus. And I believe that is probably true on the other campuses as well, although I can't validate that. And as we talked before, this move to an online business, this wasn't entirely unexpected uh, for the university, but this pandemic has somewhat accelerated that. So I understand over the last several years, you know, the trend for online higher education has increased. Um, but this sort of call to action said, we've got to turn this, you know, within a matter of a couple of weeks. So think of that almost as overnight. Um, you talk a little bit more about, you know, how those discussions occurred and, and sort of timelines that were laid on you in terms of we've got to turn this into an online uh, organization. In, in Sure. Yeah, uh, we were very lucky in the sense that a couple of things had been going on. One is that we had already been planning to uh, use uh, online productivity tools and release those to faculty and staff like O365 or G Suite. Uh, we had already been planning and we're in the process of inking a deal to set up enterprise uh, web communications with companies like Zoom. We had even uh, hired at the system level a director of online learning to kind of uh, corral our different instances of online learning management systems and get them on the same page. So we had a lot of the technology in place, but we figured that it was going to take a long time to get over the cultural hump to get faculty to adopt it. And so the uh, COVID uh, uh, virus situation put us in a position where we had a mandate and everyone understood that we had this mandate that we had to make this transformation in about a two week time frame. And so, you know, I always like to think of, term, think of things in terms of people, process, and technology. It sounds you had the technology in place, and it was just a matter of scaling that infrastructure, presumably, to support uh, an increased volume of usage. But you're saying that, you know, the other thing this forced you to do was uh, make that cultural change to educate and train people and, and to maybe adjust processes to support an entirely online business as well. Can you talk a little bit more about how you went about that? Sure. Well, I'll be honest, because it was uh, that cultural shift was accelerated to a large extent, we had to play catch up and we're still playing a little bit of catch up. There are a number of faculty who uh, uh, probably had some difficulty in transitioning to this online environment. Another thing that we uncovered is that even though we had adopted uh, cloud storage systems like Box uh, for several years, we still had a lot of folks who were using file shares. And that became a technology problem for us because the only way that they could then get to those is through VPN. So we had to massively bump up our VPN capabilities. It all, and, and But the good thing about it is that it exposed a number of places where uh, the cultural shift to use new technology had been much slower than we had thought. We had the technology in place, but we didn't have the people transitioned. And so it's given us kind of a way to identify where we had some slow adoptions and we're kind of coming back around to pick those up. And so if there's a presumably any kind of silver lining to be extracted from this very tragic situation you're in, this is almost like a forcing function 
for that which was going to happen anyway. I, I imagine in this case, you know, the file shares at some point are going to be migrated to you know Google Drive or Box or whatever online service you're using, along with other technologies. Is that, is that the case? Yes, I think it has. Um, you know, for a number of years, there have been uh, a number of uh, online institutions that, and probably to some extent, have probably eaten into some of our recruiting efforts. And so with this uh, recent event that's occurred, uh, we have all been placed, all higher, edu high, higher education institutions have been placed on kind of an equal footing. We are all online institutions at this point. And so uh, part of what will be interesting to see in the future is, is that after we come out of this, uh, how will we be different than those online institutions and how will we be the same? So it seems to me during this transition, you already, you and your organization already had a very prominent position with leadership and they look squarely to you to help um, change the nature of the university um, uh, during this pandemic. How do you think your, your role uh, and your roles and responsibilities might change on a go forward basis as a result of this experience? Yeah, uh, that is a really good question. Um, on the one hand, I hope that when we come out of the other side of this, uh, that uh, university leadership will be uh, very aware of just how dependent uh, higher education is on technology. As I said before, there's nothing that we're doing right now that doesn't depend on technology at this point. And I think that to a certain extent, we're never going to return back to what was normal about a month ago. When we come out of the other side of this, Students will come back to a physical university, but uh, there will be a lot of changes. For example, even right now, uh, we're in a position where we will probably have to give refunds for different types of activities that people had signed up for. I know that a number of universities are dealing with this situation where students are saying, wait a minute, I paid for the total experience this semester, and now I'm studying at home. Why should I have to pay the same amount of money? And that's a really good question. And the question is, is to what extent can a higher education institution give that kind of experience in an online setting? Is it possible or do you have to be physically there? The other thing is that we're going to have a downturn probably in uh, state funding and other types of grant funding because of the economics that are going to come out of this on the other side. And so uh, I think that IT is going to play a more crucial role in terms of being able to in an agile fashion, support business as the university is trying to figure out new sources of revenue, new sources of grants. Uh, we also have to put ourselves in a good position where we can show uh, that the costs that go into IT have a direct impact on certain business capabilities. Uh, at this point, uh, it's probably not unusual that universities will uh, cut cost across the board. But this is probably the perfect time to not be cutting costs in IT, but of anything, actually being uh, in a spot where you're increasing investments in IT. So it sounds to me that, you know, IT as it relates to higher education was once thought of as a necessary part of the business. But what you're saying is now it is becoming the business or, or rather it is it is fundamental to the business going forward as a result of these changes that have been accelerated by the pandemic? I don't think that this is unique to the university. I think that probably a number of your listeners who are uh, 
in for-profit business uh, will feel the same way. IT is oftentimes viewed as a utility by business uh, in the same way that, that uh, water pipes deliver the water, IT delivers technology. And I think that this will put us in a spot where IT will be seen a little bit more strategically. Uh, we're going to have to move faster. We're going to be much more dependent on technology. And so IT needs to play a central role in being able to actively bring ideas to leadership and kind of have a seat at the table when some of the planning is going on. That sounds interesting. And I know we've, we, we touched on this briefly, uh, but maybe just expand a little bit more. Um, how do you think this pandemic, this acceleration, is going to change the nature of higher education going forward? It sounds like what you're saying is IT may well become the differentiator as more and more universities offer the same online experience. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, when we come out of this, um, everyone is going to realize that it is possible to have an online education at higher institutions, uh, even traditional ones. The question is going to be uh, what you lose in that experience. Uh, whenever anyone thinks about their higher education experience at a traditional uh, university, you think about the experience that you had being on campus being exposed to other departments and other people from other majors. When you are doing online learning, you're isolated from that. So one of the questions that I have going forward is, is there a way that we can replicate that? Is there a way that we can somehow recreate in an online experience uh, the same kind of experience that you get when you're on campus? You know, one of the interesting things about departments on campuses is, and this is oftentimes hidden from students, is that a lot of the departments operate in silos. But because we're all located on a physical campus, it forces that kind of cross-pollination of ideas. We have to somehow figure out how to use technology to facilitate that cross-pollination of ideas. And we need to do that even if students come back to physical campuses and continue to do the work that they do. Um, being able to do that by Creating collaborative spaces will not only help us on campus, but it will help us uh, internationally. It will help us collaborate with other higher ed uh, institutions. Uh, as we get a shrinking uh, budget and we have to reach out further beyond our physical campus to get new revenue or new students, we have to think about how to somehow create an experience, I believe, create an experience to where a student could have a totally online experience with the University of Missouri, and yet still somehow get that essential differentiating experience that used to be part of coming to the physical campus. So it sounds, it's a very careful analysis and, and a thoughtful sort of contemplation of what is the essence of a university. Uh, let us understand that. And then let us ask ourselves with this massive disruption that's come on and the digitization of that industry, how do we continue to maintain that essence, but realize it in a digital world. That sounds to me like what you're saying. Yeah, I believe so. You know, we began this podcast by talking about how some people might dismiss a university as not being like an enterprise, um, and therefore perhaps your learning experience not as relevant to enterprise. But as I listen to you speak, Kurt, and I sort of remove the nouns and keep the verbs, what has happened is you are in an industry, you have faced a disruption 
and you're looking now to harness digital technologies to maintain the essence of that industry going forward. Uh, you notice there I didn't mention the word university once. I imagine this may well be true of many other industries, whether it's a travel industry, a hospitality industry, or a manufacturing industry. All of them are going to be looking about how does how do we change going in the future. Do you think that's the case? Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, I wish I could remember the uh, the the person uh, who gave this quote or the exact quote, but the but the uh, the notion goes something like this: Higher education hasn't been disrupted for the past four hundred years uh, because it didn't have technology at its core. And so, if that's true, uh, the events of this past month have suddenly placed technology at its core. And so I think that when we come out of this, uh, we're going to see a number of changes in higher education that are, are going to be disruptive. So for any of your listeners, if they have experienced the same thing where a number of their workforce is, is remote working, uh, well, now technology is at the center of that business. And so it's going to be very susceptible to different types of technology disruptions. Absolutely, yeah. I guess the uh, the barrier to entry has 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 changed somewhat uh, in that it's not a it's not a physical barrier to entry; it's perhaps a fiscal and reputational barrier to entry. Well, Kirk, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it was really, really insightful, and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I think the the role you've you've played within the organisation within the university to help them accelerate that transition has been absolutely critical. It sounds to me like you not only want, but do indeed have a seat at the table now that technology is going to become fundamental to the to the university. So I wish you the very best and I hope you keep safe during these times. But Kirk, thanks so much for your time today and um, thank you all for tuning in. Well, thank you for having me, Will. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Kirk and I think you'll agree some very interesting insights about how, in this case, the pandemic accelerated that which was already going to happen, and his conclusion that IT is now a key differentiator in the higher education industry, and how his strategy and execution team has a key seat at the table in that digital transformation. For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at www.bizdesign.com, where there is a wealth of information available. BizDesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software and services and support enterprise architecture teams globally in delivering value to their organizations with a key focus on the value outcomes of alignment to business strategy, optimizing operations and reducing risk. Thank you for your time today.